You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. FUVFC, October 25th. 2017, I am John Furlong. I'm joined today by Christian Hoban, just about, as always, these days on FUVFC. Christian, how are you, man? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, John? And turn your mic on. There you go. Now you can say it. Even better now that my microphone is on. <laughs> how are you, John? That's the right way to say it. And we've got a uh, little debutant here today. We've got a freshman making his debut, Jackson Heil. Jackson, how are you? All right, need to turn your mic on as well. Now my mic's on, but I'm glad to be here once again. Better now that my mic's on. There you go. Yeah, uh, pretty lazy producing here in the first couple seconds (laughs) from me. But, you know, we'll we'll put that aside. We'll move on. Going down 1-0 early, basically, is what we have. (laughs) But you know what? We're changing it up. We're changing the tactics, and we'll... uh, We'll move on from here. So we're going to start. We've subbed off Dejan Love right <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk. We'll touch briefly upon him later on in the show and the absolute shambolic performance that was him. I can't remember the last time I saw a defender get taken off in the first half. Yeah. That That is. And for not an injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, an injury is a different story, but just because he's playing so terribly. I mean, that, that just shows you. Liverpool fans have been yelling about him for years, but now everybody, it was on full display. Last weekend, that was ugly. Christian, why not? Go ahead. You're a Spurs oh, fan. You saw him win 4-1. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, Lovren was terrible, um, as as he's been for a long time, and they made him pay. I mean, Harry Kane's first goal was great. Uh, Son's first goal was great. Um, the Deli Alley goal was against sloppy defending even after Dejan Lovren came off. That clearance from Matip, I believe, just fell right to Deli Alley on the edge of the box. Nobody was anywhere near him, and he just finished it. And then another set piece, poor defending from Liverpool, just falls right to Harry Kane and makes it 4-1. I mean, just poor defending, but Spurs took their chances and made him pay. We will talk about uh, the Premier League. We're going to focus mostly on Man United because that 2-1 loss to Huddersfield is very concerning for United fans. Are you a United fan, Jackson? That I am. Okay, yeah, that's what I, th- I remember you telling me that. Another poor defensive display. Yeah, well, that Victor was... Lindelof is just dif- very difficult to watch with Phil Jones getting hurt in the first half, but... He was the one that kind of, the second goal was he a punt from the goalie, and he goes, tries to head it, bounces by him, and then they beat De Gea one-on-one for an easy goal. So. Good to see we have a United fan on the podcast. Now, Rick, Rich Franco's kind of a United fan, but not really. He he, he's not sure. that he He's a Zlatan Ibrahimovic fan. Yeah, which always mm-hmm. confuses me. So it's good to have a, a good to have a United fan on the uh, on the podcast these days. So we'll start off by talking about the MLS, MLS Cup playoff starting tonight. Red Bulls in action tonight against the Chicago Fire. Winner take all, one game knockout round, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting matchup. Chicago are a very good team. They've got the top scorer in the league, Nikola. What's his name again, Jackson? I completely forgot. Nemanja Nikolic. Nemanja Nikolic. There we go. Twenty four goals this season. Schweinsteiger, you said earlier before the show, might not play. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. We'll talk about NYCFC. They're the two seed for the second straight year. Then, as I mentioned, we'll go into a bit of BPL talk. We'll talk about Man United. And then, finally, we'll wrap up the show by discussing the FIFA World Eleven from this season, basically the team of the year, which surprised me because it came out so early this year. Usually it comes out in December, but this year it came out in late October for whatever reason. So we'll discuss on that. couple interesting decisions, in my opinion. Uh, how N'Golo Conte didn't make it, I'm furious, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. We'll start off here by talking about NYCFC. They play about 30 blocks from here at, at Yankee Stadium. Well, most games, they're kind of like a nomad these days as they have to go play at City Field sometimes. They have to play at uh, Rentschler Field or the old Rentschler Field up at up at UConn. But Christian, your thoughts on NYCFC's season. They haven't won a game in over a month. 
So they're coming in, they're a bit, they're backing into the playoffs just a little bit, but they are a good team. They've still got David Villa, who's one of the better players in the league, obviously. Your thoughts on this team's chances in the playoffs this year? They've been a little inconsistent in the last month or two of the season. Um, again, two wins in, two count in the last two months of the season um, is not great, obviously, but they still were playing well enough for the entirety of the season to end up with the two seed and the bye. Um, so you got to like their, their talent. Obviously, they're a very talented roster top to bottom. And so for that reason, you, you, gotta, you can't just write them off because they've been playing a little inconsistently uh, when it comes to the MLS playoffs. They're, they're a really good team. But the the inconsistency bothers me. I mean, their last win was September 27th uh, against Montreal, and it was only a one no win. And before that, their last win was September 6th. So, I mean, you you want to see them putting teams away better. They've had a lot of draws. It's not that they've had a lot of losses. They have a lot of draws. They just can't put teams away. Yeah. Um, which playoff time you're going to be playing better teams consistently. And that might just be an issue it's going considering, to come back to haunt considering you. Atlanta United, the big yeah. scary Atlanta United, is, might be coming into Yankee Stadium very soon. Yeah, if Atlanta, if Atlanta comes to Yankee Stadium or if they have to, if they make it through and have to go play Toronto, these are teams that are, are going to make you pay for not finishing Absolutely. off. Like when they, were, they, they drew Columbus on decision day, they drew Chicago, drew Houston and Colorado in the last couple months. Those are teams that aren't necessarily going to make you pay as much as if you're playing a Toronto or an Atlanta, and that's what's going to come back to bite them. If they don't, if they're in a one-one game late, they're going to lose. Interesting, interesting take there, Jackson. Go ahead. Yeah, in the Eastern Conference, I mean, it's very loaded this year. You have the Atlanta team, as you mentioned, who in their first season has excited everyone. Joseph yeah. Martinez has led them this year, and also Columbus. I think that's a tough matchup for Atlanta. Columbus hasn't lost since August fifth. They're rolling right now. If they can. But if Atlanta can somehow sneak by Columbus, I like them maybe to challenge Toronto. But NYCFC, like you said, just two wins in their last two months, really. David Villa before decision day against Columbus, he had two goals there. Just one goal in his previous eight games beforehand. And Jack Harrison has only two goals in his last basically three months. So he's stumbled into that, yeah. into the playoffs. Not the time that you want the NYCFC to start struggling because, like I said, this Eastern Conference is loaded and... If they're not ready for an Atlanta or potentially Columbus or potentially uh, who would, who would they be playing? Chicago, Chicago, yeah, playing Chicago. Chicago, yeah, they could be in trouble and see another first round exit. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I I kind of feel I kind of see this going the same way that it did last year—a first round exit. I backing into the playoffs is never a good sign, no matter what sport you're playing, especially in football. You see in football a lot of time the team that is the hottest coming into the playoffs is the one that ends up at least going to the Super Bowl, maybe even winning the Super Bowl. And NYCFC, I mean, as you mentioned, Jack Harrison playing pretty poorly recently, and that's going to be huge for New York City FC. What do you guys think about the New York Red Bulls? You got them advancing past the Chicago Fire tonight. That game is in Chicago. That's going to be a very tough one for the Red Bulls. Red Bulls kind of, they kind of floated... Uh, they kind of floated along this season. I think a lot of people, when they traded uh, Dax McCarty before the season, everybody was really questioning what they were doing. They were saying, oh, this is the beginning of the end for the Red Bulls. They skated into the playoffs as the sixth seed, but they've got a tough matchup against the Chicago Fire. Yeah, and Dax McCarty is kind of the storyline of this matchup going up against his old team. The That's team right. He did, he, did, he, did they did, he traded him to Chicago. That's Absolutely. Right. And the thing is, I actually do like this matchup for the Red Bulls. Yes, Chicago is very good at home. They have 12 wins at home this year. But Bradley Wright Phillips is still a top-class striker in this league. And Sasha Kleeschen, they can tear apart that Chicago back line, which has been shaky, at to put it lightly to say, lately. And also, Bastian Schweinsteiger potentially not playing tonight for Chicago. 
I assume he will be in there, but if he's not healthy, that could be a dream matchup for the Red Bulls. Yeah, I think you look at Chicago, they're definitely probably the better team, but I, you can't count uh, the Red Bulls out. Um, they're, they lost a month ago to Toronto, but ever since then they've been in a good form. They, they beat up on Vancouver pretty good. They got a nice draw against Atlanta, who've been red hot. They kept Atlanta scoreless, which was really impressive. And then they, they beat D.C. United on the road to end the season. So they've, they've been in a decent run of form their last uh, two or three games. And so anything can happen, really. I know it's on the road. It's a tough matchup. But Who do you have meeting in the MLS Cup Finals, guys? Jackson, go first. go first. No, right. Jackson, go first. Right. Um, I have to, I have Toronto making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Just I think that's that, probably going to be a unanimous yeah, pick. They're, they're just so good. They're too talented. And I think, honestly, the West is wide open. I but agree. My one team to look out for, Sporting Sporting KC. I have them going to the final. <laughs> I see Christian nodding, kind of shaking his head over there. He maybe have had the same pick. But, again, 29 goals against this year for Sporting KC. They're very good defensively. And, actually, in an advanced number, I'm a big stat guy. They lead the league in expected goal differential this year, even better than Toronto. So that should be an interesting interesting stat there. Look at those (laughs) analytics from Jackson Heil, the new boys bringing in the the new fangle statistics. I love it, Christian. Go go ahead. I I too had Kansas City from the West, Um, but I'm going to switch it up. Surprise pick out of the East. I'm going to say Atlanta. Okay, I had them Um, in the conference finals. And I think Toronto is definitely the more talented team, but there's just something about this Atlanta team, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's there's just something. I, I agree with you. I mean, they just have like this excitement. I mean, their last game on Decision Day against Toronto, they had seventy one thousand fans there, which yeah. is very impressive. I mean, that's going to be a tough atmosphere for any team to go into on a second leg to beat. So that should be interesting. I'm going to go watch. out on a limb here. I'm going to say Atlanta's going to lose tomorrow night. I just, I just okay. have a weird feeling. I know it's at home, but I just, I just feel like it's the first season for a franchise. I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a lot of expectation on this team. It's going to be loud there. But I don't know. I could see Columbus Crew stealing a, a 2-1 win in there. Yeah, but I don't know. There's so much There's so much confusion, and it's so tumultuous with Columbus right I was, now. That was my next point. What do you guys think of this whole maybe them moving to Austin, Texas? Yeah. That's that whole, The owner's kind of screwing over Columbus right now. They're one of the better soccer cities in the country, and he's basically saying, if you don't give us what we want, we're leaving, which is really unfortunate considering that Texas is not the best soccer state in the country. I mean, look at FC Dallas. They're probably one of the least supported teams in the country, Absolutely. that stadium in, in Frisco is an absolute disaster. I don't think it's too much of a concern right now. I mean, once you're pl- once you're in the playoffs, the team kind of you kind of shut out any distraction, so to speak. And Columbus, like we said, I mean, they haven't lost a game since August fifth. They've been rolling of late in their last ten competitions, six zero and four. They are right now. So again, if Atlanta gets by Columbus, I think they can make a run to the final. And similar with Sporting KC, Houston, Houston Dynamo, they, Sporting has to go in there. And beat Houston, who's won 12 games at home this year, which is a new record for them. So if they, if those two teams can squeak by, I think they can make some noise. All right, we'll move on from MLS. That was definitely a solid conversation here. MLS Cup playoffs start tonight with the Vancouver-San Jose game and the Chicago-New York game. All right, we'll move on to the Premier League. We're going to talk about Man United, as promised. Starting off just by saying that 2-1 loss to Huddersfield, pretty... I would say it's a disaster for them. That was an absolutely shambolic performance to lose to a newly relegated or newly promoted team like Huddersfield. When you're Man United, I know it's on the road and it's newly relegated, newly promoted team, and those games are usually kind of hard early on in the season. But this Man United have some problems because if it wasn't for an absolute boneheaded mistake by the Benfica keeper, that's a nil-nil. Yep. If they 
absolutely boring nil-nil draw against Liverpool. So that would be two nil-nil draws in the same week and a loss. And if you go back further, you've got a 4-0 win over Crystal Palace, who were terrible at that time, a 1-0 win over Southampton, and then that 4-1 win over CSK Moscow. There's not a lot of impressive wins in there. And look who's coming up here in the next week. You've got Man United, Tottenham on October 28th, and then they've got to go to Stamford Bridge on November 5th. The schedule gets hard very quickly, and that's the thing with Man United. A lot of people are saying, okay, these guys are real title contenders, but they've had a really easy schedule to begin yep. this season. They haven't played any of the big boys. They haven't played, they're not even close to playing City yet. I'm not exactly sure when they play them, yeah, but this, it's not for a while. It's, December. it's in December, yeah, yeah which is really December late. December maybe. But they ha- they, they're not playing them for a while, so they've had a really easy schedule, and they're still, they're six points back of City at this five. point. Five. It's five. five. I knew it, they were pretty far behind, but that's... Jackson, defend your team. What what are what are your thoughts on these recent results? I mean, th- it's obviously a concern given because ever since Paul Pogba went down, this team has really struggled. He goes down against CSK. Obviously, Fellaini comes in and helps them out, or rather, that's FC Basel. I apologize, but they have been concerning of late. And as you mentioned, the game against Huddersfield, I don't. I'm not too concerned about that game because it's coming off a Champions League game on Wednesday against Benfica, like you mentioned, but. No Eric Bailly, Phil Jones goes down in the first half, so you're stuck playing Chris Smalling and Victor Lindelof, who I mentioned was an absolute atrocity in that game. They still had a ton of chances, I think, against Huddersfield. I mean, they probably deserve to maybe get two, possibly three goals. And the, my, my main concern, actually, isn't really with the defense, it's with Romelu Lukaku, because you look at that Liverpool game, he had maybe two touches inside the Liverpool 18-yard box, and one of them was a shot. But he's not a he's a guy that really hasn't scored against any top clubs. He didn't score against a top six team last year. Scoring is going to be a problem for me going forward. However, I still like I still like them to be a top four contender. Obviously, this year and possibly yeah, the top I would two. agree they're definitely a top four contender. But I'm just about ready to write them off. For the, I'm just about ready to write anybody off for the league at this point with the way City are playing. Christian, they're playing Tottenham this Saturday. Your your thoughts? I I think it's going to be a really fascinating game from uh, Manchester United's uh, perspective. This is probably I think it's going to be a really fascinating game from both perspectives. Is that at Old Trafford? Or yes, it yeah, is. it's at Old Trafford, and I don't think Spurs Spurs right now the way that they're playing. Spurs' last loss was that loss to Chelsea in August. Yeah, they've been that's playing the last really well. T- that's the last time they've lost. And a that game. was a game they should have won. That was, too. That was yeah. a game they should have won. Hugo Lloris cost them yep. two points. They they have not lost a game since then, and that includes a match at the Santiago Bernabeu against Madrid. So, I mean, Spurs are on a good run of form, so it's going to be fascinating from United to see if and it's you were talking about Lukaku earlier. He couldn't get a he couldn't get a goal against the Liverpool back four. I know. Now he's going against a back three that's really intimidating with Alderweireld, Vertonghen, and Davinson Sanchez. Davinson yeah. Sanchez has taken to the Premier League like a fish to water this yeah. year. He's, he's been, been he's been he's great. Borderline, he's been signing of the season so far yeah. in the Premier League. He's, he's been, been he's fantastic. Been you haven't heard a lot about him, which is a yeah. good thing for a defender. You don't want to <laughs> hear anything. You want to go like, oh, how's he doing? And then every that's almost always a good sign. And and Spurs are starting to get players back from injury. Dembele. Back in first team training, Rose made an appearance today. Um, so, it Spurs are looking good. So it's going to be especially at the back. So it's going to be interesting for United for Lukaku facing a big, intimidating back line. If he's going to be able to get a goal or two, if United are going to be able to work in a goal or two to see if they can send off Spurs with three points. If I'm a United fan, I'm petrified of this game this Saturday. I think, speaking from a Chelsea fan's perspective, Mourinho is a very streaky manager. When things are going well, things are going well. But when things start to fall apart, he's very slow at getting the wheels back on the the truck. 
And right now, wheels are starting to come off. They're starting to loosen a little bit. I don't trust... Th these two games are coming at the absolute worst time for United. They're in a bad run of form, and Mourinho is not known for getting his team back on form when they're off form. It takes a while for that to happen. And games against Tottenham and Chelsea, they're going to need to be on their absolute A game. And I don't know if I see it with this team. Lukaku always has a problem scoring against big teams. I don't know if he's going to have that problem still, but he's even had a problem scoring against small teams, which is why I thought it was such a good deal buying him before the season because that was Man United's biggest problem last season. They didn't have anybody to score against the small clubs, and Lukaku does that for fun. But at this point, this I'm worried if I'm a United fan because... As I said, these these past couple results, that 0-0 against Liverpool was... I mean, yeah, it's just one one game in a derby away from home. That's fine. But the Benfica game, they played really poorly in that. And the Huddersfield game, they played even worse. So I, I, don't, I don't trust Mourinho to get them out of this funk. I really don't. Absolutely. And you look at the style that Mourinho... Mourinho kind of puts out there against top six clubs. You look at the Liverpool game. It was yeah, park, the, the, park the bus and tries to beat you on the counterattack, and they only really had one chance in that game. It was in the first half from Lukaku. That style is going to hurt Lukaku even more, given that he doesn't even have, he doesn't get that many touches in general. Now he's going to be even held to less touches in a game against Tottenham. So it'll be interesting to see at home against Tottenham, because usually on the road, that's when he'll employ that tactic. I'm nervous against Chelsea to see what happens, especially yeah, that's gonna be to That's going to be away. an interesting game. Yep, and that's Mourinho's second game back at Stamford Bridge, so that'll also be a nice, in interesting storyline to watch. But I'm just, I'm really, I'm really concerned about the way he'll come out against Tottenham, because when they attack, I mean, they're, they're a dangerous team when Mourinho has them attacking, but you look at the performances against Liverpool. The first half against Benfica was a really poor display. And the first half against Huddersfield was really bad. I thought they bounced back nicely in the second half against Huddersfield. But obviously, like you said, there's a lot of concern going forward for United. I, I also, I don't know, I don't know how much this is going to impact the game. But Spurs are playing Madrid four days later. So they might not put out a full strength lineup against United. So I think that'd be foolish if they did that. They're pretty much through in the Champions League, considering Dortmund can't buy themselves a win. So I, I, I would, I would be stunned if Pochettino did that. I don't know. He's he's that done would, crazier things before. That is true. You did. Yeah. He did start uh, Negredo against against uh, no Lorente. He started yeah. Lorente against, against Madrid against Madrid, which was bizarre, which, but worked. It somehow. worked somehow. Yeah, Pochettino. I would be very very surprised if Pochettino did do that. I would. Be, I mean, I I don't think you're going to see a heavily rotated team, but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw maybe an Eric Dyer in the back line instead of uh, out of real or Vertonghen. Okay, that's Vertonghen's probably been fair. playing a lot of games, so I think you might see him get the day off. Um, maybe one or two people see Harry Winks instead of Moussa Dembele, stuff like that. Absolutely, and on that idea, just going back to that Huddersfield game for for Manchester United, no Mkhitaryan in the starting lineup and no Marcus Rashford as well, who both came on in the second half after they went down 2-0. That's something maybe you could look at as not necessarily an excuse. And but that's been the problem with Mourinho. Yeah. Like he never seems to, he always seems to start the wrong guys at the wrong times. And he, whenever you bring some guys on who should have been starting. They do really well, and then he doesn't start them the next week. It makes you want to pull your hair out sometimes with just how thick-skulled he is. And I'm glad he's not Chelsea's manager anymore. That was a massive headache. I didn't him. want him to come to United. I, and I'm I glad never you, wanted him and in I'm the first I'm glad place. you said that. I feel like he's kind of past it at this point. I feel like he's his arrogance is really starting to get the best of him, and that's honestly why I didn't pick them to win the league this year. I just thought Guardiola is far and away a better manager than Mourinho at this stage of their careers. Yeah, and you look at, like you were mentioning, the talent level that, United have. They do have it, but with Mourinho's personnel that he likes to put out there, he's switching Rashford and Martial every week and has continued, ironically, to stay committed to Juan Mata, who he wasn't very 
committed to when he was at Chelsea. So that's something that's been kind of confused me a lot because when Rashford and Martial are both out there, they're both making a tremendous impact on the field. And that's those two have been the guys that have been linking up with Lukaku the most. So I've just been confused watch, seeing why Juan Mata has continued to be out there. Yeah, some of his some of his decisions, tactics-wise and lineups-wise, are very confusing. I think all three of the other managers in the top four are, at this point, miles better than Mourinho. Yeah, I agree. Conte, Pochettino, and Guardiola all, I think, have proven repeatedly that they're better suited for the Premier League at this point than Mourinho is. No, I 100% agree with you. We'll move on to our final segment, which is going to be about the FIF Pro World Eleven. Here's the, basically what is the team of the year. Goalkeeper Buffon and Ned, I believe that's probably the best choice. Neuer's been injured ever since last May, so I think Buffon. And then it's kind of a nostalgic pick as well, considering he's retiring at the end of the season, but he was so good for Juventus in that Champions League run to the final. Danny Alves, Leonardo Bonucci... Sergio Ramos and Marcelo in defense. Modric, Cruz, and Iniesta in the midfield. And the forwards, obviously, are Messi, Ronaldo, and Neymar. Not a lot. I agree with most of them. There are a couple ones here and there. And this this seems to happen every single year, where there are a couple, a couple guys who don't deserve it, and 90% of the time they're from the Spanish League. Absolutely. I mean, the one guy I look at immediately, well, two actually, from Barcelona last year, Iniesta and Neymar, which... Neymar, he he only, he didn't really have a great year with Barcelona. He didn't. And there's there was a, so many good candidates you could put up there. I mean, two from the Bundesliga and Aubameyang and Lewandowski, who each had 30 goals for their respective clubs. I mean, you look at Harry Kane. Yeah, he's, no German he's league dominated. players. Yeah, and also looking at Leonardo Bonucci. I mean, he had a good year, but Mats Hummels also had a really good. Was year. Was he really for, even the for, best defender yeah, no, at I, Juventus? It, 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 I was, and now he's playing for AC Milan. It, but I'm, it, I'm it, very, very confused by that. Danny Alves and Marcelo, I feel like, are just the default options at left and right back. I mean, yeah. I, I, Danny Alves. There's a reason why he left Juventus. I, I'm not a huge fan of him. I've never really been a huge fan of him. I know he's a very good right back, but I never think he. I, I haven't thought he's been like the best right back in the world for years now. Buffon, I agree with Sergio Ramos. In my opinion, I think he's the most overrated defender in the world. If you, I, if I you, a thousand percent agree if with you, that. If you if you really watch him, you see he's out of position constantly. The the way he he got Quadrado sent off in the Champions League final, I will never respect him ever again. That was an absolute disgrace to the game of football, and he seems to just get away with everything just because he's Sergio Ramos and he's captain of Real Madrid. Like I just it just it frustrates me watching him. I think he does. I guess he deserves it because yeah. Real Madrid won the Champions League and they won the league as well, and he's the heart of that defense. But if you look at him, he doesn't play like a top defender in the world. He doesn't play like a Paolo Maldini. He doesn't play like that. And it's it's a real shame to see him getting all these awards when, in my opinion, he doesn't really deserve it. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree with that. He's way overrated. It bothers me a, a, a lot. But why is Iniesta in there? That that Barcelona. Is no why but yeah? That, why yeah. is Iniesta in there? And Golo Conte, why is he not in there? I think he was... won Player of the Year at Chelsea, won the league, got him to a domestic cup final. Obviously, they weren't in the Champions League, so that probably hurt him. But yeah, that's, he's that's that's probably most. Of that's it. probably why. But that's that's ridiculous that he's not in there. I know he came in fourth, so he missed out by one spot, which I'm honestly surprised he came that high. I thought it was going to be another Barca. I thought it was going to be like Rakitic who came in fourth. In all honesty, I would have I would rather have Rakitic in this than Iniesta. I, mean, I don't know what Iniesta's done the past three years. You look look at Iniesta last year. He only started 13 games for Barcelona, and he came on as a, as a sub 10 times in their league, and he didn't do anything really in the Champions League 
that's worth noting, and he hasn't done anything really to start this year. It doesn't lot, make any sense. The thing is, a lot of it's name recognition with a lot of the voting. Zlatan Ibrahimovic finished seventh amongst. It's it's Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the seventh best forward in the world no, this year. Absolutely really, not. Like no, like there's no way. But it, it's because it's name recognition, which is why Andres Iniesta is in over Ngolo Kante. But well, Ngolo Kante should be name yeah. recognition. I mean, he's yeah, I mean, quickly he becoming be. one of be the best, best but, midfielders but, but, but in the Inie- world. But Iniesta has been for a long time a very good midfielder. So it's, it's just, just I just and, think and it's... Barcelona, as good as Chelsea is, Barcelona are more worldwide famous. Whoa, club. Well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I would agree with that. And yeah, it is mostly name recognition. I mean, Neymar obviously is one of the bigger, it's probably the third biggest name in soccer behind Ronaldo and Messi. Obviously, Ronaldo and Messi do deserve it. They're such world class players. I, th- I, I, I do think the third forward in the team should have been Lewandowsi. I agree with you. Oh, I think, I think, I think people are overlooking Suarez. I this mean, year. yeah, no, he had, he's having such a bad season to begin this year. I mean, last year he, he twenty nine goals last year, win, and he led La Liga in any, assists. They didn't win anything last year, though. That's I think the problem. That's fair. Well, then. Again, they've got all these Barcelona players in there. Yeah, maybe Suarez should have been in there. Lewandowski's a good shout. Cavani had 35 goals. Nah, Cavani's overrated as, as... Cavani finished 15th in the voting. Yeah, I think a lot of people just throw out the French League, and honestly, for good reason. I think Cavani's one of the most overrated strikers in the world. I think people people think he can take PSG to the Champions League final. I don't think that's... I, Cavani is one of the biggest chokers I've seen in world football. He's he, Whenever he you need him in a big spot, he never shows up. Yeah, but I mean, if people are going to overlook the French League, then why is Neymar in there? Because he had such well, a poor year last year. Obviously, he's off to a good start with PSG, but like... You look at his last year, he was really bad last year. And he, he was healthy for most of the season, too. It's not like he missed a lot of games. He played it. I think that's games. just the name recognition of him being at Barcelona for most of the time. I, then, but then that also begs the question of Danny Alves. But he, he used to play for Barcelona. So yeah. I feel like it's just if you played there and have like some sort of ring, name recognition at a at those big clubs. I think the only one that I really, truly agree with, besides Messi and uh, Messi and Ronaldo, is Buffon. I think he yeah. he's a fantastic choice for Tony goalkeeper Cruz also of the had a really good year. Yeah, yeah Tony. I'm, okay, I'm okay with I'm okay with Modric and Cruz. Ma- if I'm being I honest. don't know about Modric. I think Cruz. Yeah, and also bothers me that he wears number ten now and he's not and he's a CDM. I don't like that. I think like that's a weird <laughs> a CDM is like. Not a number ten. A number ten is like a center attacking mid, and and Modric likes to play defensively, and that just bothers me. I don't know. It's like wearing, having a defender wearing number nine. Like that doesn't. Yeah. That's just that just. I think it's all surprising that no Kevin De Bruyne at all either. I yeah, mean, he was, he's but he's off to a really good start, and he led the league in assists last year. Too. That is true. I mean, he's really come onto the scene this year. Last year he was good, but wasn't incredible. Like this yeah, but, year he's been incredible. To not, and find, he, to not find his way into the top fifteen in voting. That's bizarre. Was it in the top 15? No, I have the whole top 15 in front of me, and it includes Eden Hazard, Phil Coutinho, and Nemanja Matic, but not wow. Kevin De Bruyne. Wow. Matic was terrible yep. last season for Chelsea. Yeah. Oh, my, I mean, he's I mean, he's had a career renaissance at United, don't get yeah. me wrong. That it was a great move for him, but he was terrible for Chelsea yeah. last season. Name recognition. He's not he, that's not, he's not even that big of a name though. That's the funny yeah. thing. I'm one of Matic's biggest supporters at United and I don't I think that's a little ridiculous. Christian final thoughts. Harry Kane finished 14th among forward voting, and that makes me very, very, very upset. I knew you were going to yeah. bring up Harry Kane at some point. Just it is, it is embarrassing that he didn't get higher than what he did. I mean, 14th is way too low for someone who's led the league. He finished below Lukaku, and he outscores Lukaku every year. I know. That's, it, it, he outscores everyone. So the FIFA team of the year is corrupt. What else is new FIFA doing corrupt things? Anyway, Jackson Heil, thank you very much for coming on. Great debut. Christian Hoban, as always. This is John Furlong, FEVFC, and we'll see you next week.